Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Expressing himself now concerning his desires. He writes in Philippians 3.13, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to to have apprehended, but this one thing, somebody say one thing, this one thing I do. He said, forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and I lift today my title from that 13th verse this one thing I do this one thing would you say it with me now this one thing I do would you ask the Lord to help us Jesus asking your Lord for your sweet help now Dear God, thank you, Lord, for the worship that has risen in this place. And God, your response to the sweet-smelling savor of prayer and praise that has went up. God, it has no doubt attracted you to this place. And we have felt your touch and your strength. And I'm asking you now, Lord, for your help. God, in the delivering of the word of life. God, I receiving of it by faith now. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Would you lift your voice with me once more. And let's magnify Jesus Christ together. Give him praise now. Give him worship. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, somebody do it cheerfully, joyfully. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. Many entrepreneurs have had lofty goals of building a successful business. But in spite of their lofty goals of building a business or branching off into some great enterprise that would ultimately make for them money, they have tragically ended in the graveyard of failure. As you stop and pause to question why, one with such great vision and one with such lofty goals of why, they would meet with Phelan today. David Green, founder of Hobby Lobby, wrote in his recent book, Leadership Not by the Book, said that the demise of many companies is not because of the lack of resources, not because of the lack of talent, it's not because of the lack of ability, it's simply because of the lack of focus. That many box, big box stores have crumbled and failed because they sought to carry a little bit of everything instead of focusing on one particular genre of business. This matter of focus is no doubt seen in the rise and fall of uh, Chrysler many, many years ago. It was on the brink of bankruptcy and a man by the name of Lee Iacocca came to the helm of Chrysler 
took the reins of a company that was facing bankruptcy and turned that company around, miraculously reversed the course, salvaging it from bankruptcy and headed it into the right direction of success. Sadly, even while Lee Iacocca was at the helm of Chrysler, some years later, Chrysler once again plummeted toward the brink of bankruptcy. Some sat and sought uh, trying to find reasons why that this business that had been so successfully turned around by this man who had stepped to the helm as CEO and now suddenly it once again is at the same point of bankruptcy came to the conclusion that Mr. Iacocca had become sidetracked once Chrysler had reached its pinnacle. Once that it had got out of the danger zone, the CEO had become sidetracked with many other endeavors and businesses of his own that he could not focus nor attend upon the business that was at hand in Chrysler. And because his focus became divided and he became distracted, that company once again plummeted toward the brink of bankruptcy. It is without saying this morning the key to a successful venture whether it is in business or in personal life but ultimately in our spiritual journey the, the ability to stay focused is paramount to everything else. That once our focus becomes distracted and divided and once our focus becomes as if it were trying to capture a bunch of things at once, we find ourselves meeting with defeat. An acronym for focus could simply be follow one course until success. What great advice that you and I could take from that this morning to simply stay on one path, stay with one course, stay with one goal, keep one aim, stay with one direction until we arrive at our destiny because your focus determines your outcome and your outcome ultimately will determine your destiny. If we were today to perform an autopsy on those who have spiritually failed, if we would today perform an autopsy on those that have, have left the faith, have walked away from the things of God, I think it would reveal that the cause of death is nothing more than ADS, advanced distraction syndrome. That just simply somewhere in their spiritual journey, they became distracted. Former worshipers and praisers, former magnifiers of God, those who were faithful to the house of God, those that were committed to prayer, those that were committed to living righteously in the sight of God, now find themselves with this dreaded disease of advanced distraction syndrome, and they simply lost their focus in living for God. From 
the Old Testament pages comes the story of a man by the name of Achan. Achan is on the threshold of promise. That which he had journeyed for for some 40 years. He was within moments of securing that promise. Of stepping into a destiny that had been given to him and his forefathers. And on the brink of stepping into that promise. He becomes distracted by a Babylonian garment. A wedge of gold and a bag of silver. And in his distraction he loses his focus of the promise. And that which he has journeyed for. And he fails to enter in to his destiny. David is one that leaps out of the pages of scripture. We know him as an anointed songwriter. We can account for his battles of his his triumph over a bear, a lion, and a giant in his great administrative success as king of the nation of Israel. But all of this is overshadowed by a dark night on a balcony when he stood there and became distracted by that very powerful presence called lust. And now when we speak of David, we talk not only of his triumphs over a lion, a bear, and a giant, but we speak of his failures that came about only because of his distraction. Judas, who was numbered amongst the twelve and carried the bag amongst that twelve, his thirst for thirty pieces of silver distracted him from the one that could satisfy him with the water of life. And therefore, he gives up on the Savior. Demas, who had an apostolic ministry, walked with the Apostle Paul and could no doubt have been a great minister of the gospel in his own right. We only know him as having loved this present world. He simply became distracted, and in his distraction, he forfeited his relationship and his walk with God. Can I tell you that Achan, David, Judas, and Demas stands not alone by themselves, but in our modern era, of time we could join their list and their stories if we also become distracted by this ever present world that looms in front of us let me just pause and chase to my ending for a moment to tell you there's nothing worth putting your focus on like living for God serving the Lord and walking with Him there is absolutely nothing that is worth holding your attention like the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and I want to serve notice right now I just want it to be known I want to affirm it before the devil and all of my enemies my focus is on the king of kings and the lord of lords my focus is on eternity my focus is on him saying well done thou good and faithful servants That is what my focus ultimately is. Do you understand that in this 21st century we are probably the most exhausted people that has ever lived on planet earth. We are more tired than we have ever been. This is an an exhausted generation. They are weary. 
They are tired. It does not matter the technology that has been presented. It doesn't matter all of the things that help. We are an exhausted and tired and weary generation. And it's simply because we're pursuing too many things. We are after too much stuff. We've got too many things that we are reaching our hand for and not enough hands to get a hold of everything we're trying to reach for. I read an interesting story of a farmer whose field was not far from his house and he left his home one morning to go to his field and he was going to return very quickly so he left a note on the door of his house that he had gone to his field and he would be back shortly when a guest happened to stop by in the intervening time and wanted to visit with the farmer and he saw the note on the door that said the farmer had gone to his field and would return shortly and so he thought well since he's going to return shortly I'll, I'll just wait here for the farmer to return and sure enough in just a matter of, of a few moments the farmer did <coughs> return back home and as he came back home the guest introduced himself stated his business and he asked the farmer he said how, how far is your field from from your your house and the farmer said <clears throat> he said oh he said it's only about a five minute walk it's it's just straight up that path it's not very far at all and he looked down and beside of the farmer happened to be a dog and the dog was panting furiously just just his tongue was hanging out and his sides were heaving and he was laboring and so the guest looked at the farmer and he said if your field is straight down that path only five minutes why are you not tired and why is your dog so tired and he said oh he said for me the field is only a five minute journey straight down that path but he said for my dog my dog chases rabbits and my dog chases birds and my dog chases other dogs so for him it's not a straight path do you understand today that many of us while on this straight and narrow way we've exhausted ourselves uh, like that dog chasing every little rabbit trail chasing every little flock of birds uh, chasing chasing everything uh, that we can chase trying to find this, that, and the other and we have taken ourselves off this narrow way and we put ourselves on a broad way and we have exhausted ourselves. If you want to find a little refreshing in your life, can I tell you, get your mind on one thing and that's Jesus Christ. Come on now. If you really want to live a peaceful life, just get your mind on one thing, and that's living for God, and that's living for heaven. Everything else is going to take care of itself. I refuse to be dragged down rabbit trails and chase after flocks of birds and everything that's crawling across the field. I got one thing on my mind, and that's living for God. Come on now. Come on, we got eternity to get to. We can't, we can't afford to chase after everything in this world. We can't afford to chase after all the pretty lights and, and all the sounds and all the stuff that's out here. Somewhere or another, we just got to get focused and get our mind on this thing that says, you know what, I was born for one thing, and that's to live for God. Come on, time's short. I said time is short. 
I said, time is short, but distractions are plentiful. I got to get my focus. Got to just live for God. Old Brother Tenney used to say it like this, the main things to keep the main thing the main thing. And uh, we, we just got to find out what's the main thing in my life. And somewhere or another, some of us have taken living for God out of being the main thing. And some of us have removed our consecration and our dedication as being the main thing. It's not that it's done away with. It's just got moved down the list. And a bunch of other stuff has got been, been put on top of it. And, and it's taken priority in our life. And somewhere we got to come back that my number one goal in life is my relationship with God and my number one goal in life is my fellowship with Him and my number one goal in life is making sure that I please Him and that I am ready for Him that's the number one goal in life gotta get a hold of that Turn, nudge your neighbor a little and say I gotta get one thing now just gotta get one thing I gotta get one thing just, I'm after too much stuff I'm trying to accomplish too much, too many things. It's, 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 it's like juggling. Has anybody ever tried to juggle? Anybody ever tried to juggle? Yeah, are, are, there any, are there any successful jugglers in the house? Don't mess my sermon up. Are there any successful jugglers in the house? I didn't think so. You know, my grandson was here this weekend. And uh, he, he had a couple of balls. And he, had, he, had, he had two of them going up and down. I said, come on, big boy. Put a third one in there. You know? You hadn't really juggled till you, you get more than two in there. It's, it, 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 it's, you know, you can cope with two, but it's when you put that third and that fourth ball in that process and you try to keep it all up in the air at once. And somewhere or another, you got to quit juggling your relationship with God. You got to quit juggling your fellowship with God. You got to keep, got to quit trying to keep it in the air and keep life and everything else in the air. Somewhere you got to come to the conclusion I got one thing on my mind, and that's to live for God. And if I don't get anything else done, oh, I wish I had somebody to help me preach right now. If I don't get anything else done, come on now, if I don't get anything else done, if I don't get anything else accomplished, I got to get done one thing, and that's to make sure I'm living for God, and I got a fellowship and a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what matters. Has anybody, anybody ever seen that little phrase? It's, it's, it's old now. It's been around a long time. Anybody, anybody ever seen that little, those, those little letters? It's, 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 it's plastered on billboards. It's painted on bumper stickers. It's everywhere. WWJD. Has anybody ever seen that? Huh? What in the world does that stand for? What would Jesus do? You know? Now that's, that's that, that, that little acronym. It's, it's, been, it's been flashed around. You know? Well, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? The, only, the problem with that, that little acronym is this. Is that it's limited in its scope. That, that, that little acronym, is, 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 it's just kind of focused. They don't really want to know what Jesus would do. Mm-mm. Mm. No. No, no, no. It, that's just good, good, good rhetoric. They don't really want to know what Jesus would do. You know, because the only, the only concept they have with that is that Jesus is love and he's gentle and he's compassionate 
And so what would Jesus do? He would love. He would be gentle. And he would have compassion. Well, I hate to mess up your theory and your concept of those four letters. What would Jesus do? But there's a whole lot more to Jesus than love and gentleness and compassion. In fact, you've only got a fragment of Jesus when you got His love, His gentleness, and His compassion. Because He taught far more than love thy neighbor and do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In fact, that same sermon... You know, it, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing. Ser- sermons are incredible things. They're incredible things. Trust, trust me, I've been doing this for over 40 years. They're incredible things. And, and, and I'll have folks t- say, Oh, oh, that sermon, that sermon, that sermon. And you said, and, 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 and I'm thinking, uh, No, I didn't say that. Uh, I did not say that. I've even went back and listened to the tape. I'm not CD, uh, DVD, uh, live stream. Uh, it, I, I went back to, to find out, and I didn't say it. They heard what they wanted to hear, but uh, I, 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 I did not. I did not say that at, at all. And, and, and Jesus does this beautiful sermon. He said in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, it's a three-chapter sermon. Now, would you like for me to preach a three-chapter sermon on Sunday morning? It's a three-chapter sermon, chapter 5, 6, and 7. Sister Borders, that's... uh, um, I caught that. I caught that over there. I caught that over there. Yeah, I know. Chapters 5, 6, and 7 is a sermon on the mount. And in that sermon on the mount, he deals with love thy neighbor. In that Sermon on the Mount, he deals with that golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But now, you got to go back and get all the sermon. You, you, you can't just pick. you got to get all the sermon. And when you go back, you find out in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 22 that Jesus kind of hones in on some stuff. And when he starts honing in, he says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters. Now what do you think about WWJD? Now what do you think about what would Jesus do? Because now he says that if your eye has got double vision, if your eye is not seeing clearly, it brings things into your life that doesn't need to be there. And they become competing factors that brings darkness into your life. And he says you just can't serve two masters. Either you're going to love one or you're going to hate the other. But you 
and do it both at the same time because Jesus taught singleness of mind and He taught this focus of just one thing. He said, if you're going to live for me, you got to make sure your eye becomes single and I just don't see anything else. And all I see is Jesus Christ. And all I see is my walk and my relationship with Him. And I'm not dividing my time up between the world and God. And I'm not trying to divide my time up between the world and my relationship with the Lord. And I'm exhausting myself trying to live in both boxes. Trying to get it all done. He said, let me tell you an easier way to do it. Just get one thing on your mind. And that is I'm going to live for God. Not only did he teach this, but he, he, he bears it out in his, his everyday life. Remember Martha? Remember Martha in the house? The Bible says that she was cumbered about with, with many things. She was trying to get a bunch of stuff done. Luke chapter 10, verse number 41. She's, she, she's troubled. The Lord says you're troubled by many things. She's cumbered about by all this stuff. She's trying to cook. She's trying to bake. She's trying to be a good hostess. Trying to get all this stuff done. And she's fussing because Mary has got single focus and she's got single vision and she's sitting over here at the feet of the Lord and she just cannot stand somebody that's so focused when she's trying to get all this other stuff done and the Lord turns to her in that 42nd verse and says one thing is needful Martha can you get this just one thing is needful and that Mary's chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her Martha what you need to do is you just need to get your hands off of so many pots and just get one thing in your mind and that's just sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ because if I I don't get anything else done in a day I gotta make sure I have a walk with him and I have a relationship with him and at the end of the day if I can't tick that box off then I've got nothing to brag about in my accomplishments I've got to tick the box off that I've got a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ it's the rich young ruler that comes to Jesus and when he comes to Jesus he says I want to inherit eternal life please tell me how I can inherit eternal life and the Lord says well obey all of the commandments thou shalt not kill and thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not commit adultery and thou shalt keep the Sabbath day holy and he goes down the whole list of those ten commandments and then and then the rich young ruler said he said I, I, I've done all of these things from my youth what lackest I and the Lord turns to him in Luke 18 and 22 and he says yet thou lackest one thing sell all that thou hast distribute unto the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven he said what the problem is with you young man is you're trying to have everything in this world and you're trying to have everything in that world and you're trying to have both worlds and what you need is just one thing you need to get rid of this world so you can have that world understand that Jesus is a love of compassion and he's gentle and he's kind but he also taught single mindedness and focus that we would zero in on the things of God and live for Him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. But now this wasn't just a lesson for the Lord. 
You know, it, it just wasn't a sermon for him. It's something he lived out in his everyday life. It's something he modeled. This single-mindedness. Remember in the early portion of his ministry when he's in the wilderness and he's there for 40 days and he's been fasting and the tempter comes to him and he says, I'll tell you what. He said, I, I'll just give you all, all the kingdoms of the world. You can have it all. He said, if you'll just bow down and worship to me. And the Lord looks at him and says, you know what? I want you to understand that it's not going to happen that way. I'm not going to give you all. Uh, you can't give me all the kingdoms of the world because I got one focus and I got one attention. And there's one thing on my mind uh, and that's the cross uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, and if, that, if I get divided from that, if I get divided from that, everything else is lost and everything else is gone. Uh, I've got to keep my focus on him and his message and the goal that he would have for me it's the Lord that says he would not be sidetracked by the accolades of an adoring crowd that would force him to be king he could have been but he refused because he has this mind on one thing and that's the cross nor would he exchange his suffering on the cross when they said if you'll come down off of the cross we'll worship you if you'll just come down he said you don't understand this cross is my one goal that's the reason why Luke 9 and 51 says when the time was come that he should be received up he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem now that's our problem that's our problem is we don't have any steadfastness amongst us. We haven't got that focus in our mind that says I'm after one thing and one thing alone and that's the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to serve notice on the devil on this Sunday morning that I got one thing one thing alone. Just like my Savior. I said just like my Savior. I got one thing on my mind and that's living for the Lord. Somebody help me now. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. On earth I long to be like Him. All through life's journey. On earth to glory. I only ask one thing. And that is to be like Him. Oh friend, does anybody really want to be like Jesus today? Does anybody really want to be like Him? He had one thing on His mind and that was a steadfast devotion to the will and the purpose of God. I got one thing. Somebody nudge your neighbor and say, I got one thing. Somebody nudge your neighbor and say, I got one thing. It's just one thing on my mind. One thing on my mind. I got to be like Jesus. Just one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. Somebody shout one thing. The Apostle Paul embraced this single-mindedness of his Savior. He models what Christ modeled. And he commits himself like Christ committed himself. The Apostle Paul in his writings make it abundantly clear that there must be single-mindedness if you're going to live for God. You can't live for God and do something else. You can't live for God and have something else. You either got to live for God or you got to live for the world. You got to decide which side of the fence that we're on. He says you can't have a double mind. 
He teaches it in 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse number 4 when he said, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a good soldier. Paul teaches and he says, You know what? If you're going to be a good soldier of the Lord, you can't get yourself all wrapped up in everything else. You can't get yourself so tangled up with all the rest of the stuff in this world. Get yourself so tied up with it that you can't stay focused on the kingdom of God and living for God. Can't get yourself wrapped up in the enterprises of civilian life. You've got to have one aim and one aim only. And that is I just must live for God. It says it in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 2. He says, set your affection. Set your affection on things above and not on things that are on the earth. Is that not what Jesus said? Can't serve two masters. Can't love one and hold on to the other. Somewhere or another, you got to get find out what your love is. If it's God, then that's where I got to devote my time. That's where I got to devote my attention. That's where I got to devote my focus. That's why I got to give myself and my energy. You say, I don't understand, preacher. You mean, you mean we can't do things in this present life? Listen to me very clearly now. Hear me as I attempt to give to you from the throne room of God to tell you, you better be very, 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 very careful because this present world will slowly but surely drain away from you your affection for the things of God until it comes to the things of God. You're weary and you're tired, but you got all all the energy there's needed for all the things in the world but you got nothing left to spend on God somewhere we got to get our affection on the things that are above and not on the things that are below he said in Philippians 3 and 2 or 19 he says whose end is destruction whose God is their belly whose glory is their shame because they mind earthly things can I tell you about earthly things let me tell you about earthly things he said they shall pass away they shall all pass away all this stuff in life that you're working for all this stuff in life you're trying to get all this stuff in life we're trying to hold and have and, 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 and keep and possess and all this stuff he said it's going to be melted with a fervent heat it's all going to go away but what's done for Christ is what's going to last some song years ago said it like this there's only one life to live and you ought to live it for Christ because it's the best life in all this world in all the world I don't want to hold these things I want to hold those things like Jesus Paul cannot just give a good instruction he models it he portrays it he writes in this book of Philippians on several occasions he says stand fast work out run labor 
Become a bondservant. Even to the point of dying, he says. In other words, he's saying living for God is worth giving it your everything. And then he comes to our text this morning in that 13th verse of Philippians 3. And he says, this one thing I do. This one thing I do. This is not just something I preach to you. This is not just something I write to you. He said, I'm like Jesus. It's not just something I put in my sermon. He said, this one thing I do. He said, I forget that which is behind me. And he said, I reach forth to those things that are before. That life that was behind him was a well set life. That life that was behind him had all the positions and the trappings of this present world where he could have been secure. He said, but I'm forgetting all of this. And he said, I'm reaching forward to those things that are before me. And he said, with that I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. What's the one thing I need to do? I need to get the prize of the high calling in my vision because that's the thing I'm working for. It's the prize of the high calling. Whatever accolades they give me here, whatever notoriety I may achieve here, it's absolutely nothing, but it's the crown of life that is laid up for me on the other side he said that's the one thing that's the one thing that I gotta do more than anything else in all the world would somebody just lift your hand to him now and would somebody reach as if it were from this present world to that other world laying hold on that one thing I gotta lay that's it somebody lift your voice to him now I gotta reach beyond this world I've got to reach beyond the trappings of this life. I've got to reach beyond all the things that would hold me earthbound. And I've got to focus that there's one thing that matters. 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 And that's that prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. Somebody lift your hand to Him again now. I feel like we're reaching up now. We're reaching up. We're reaching out beyond this present world. We're reaching out beyond this present life. We're reaching beyond our present dreams now. We're reaching beyond our present goals now. We're reaching beyond all the things that are important in this life. And we're saying, God, there's one thing that matters. And that is my living for you. My serving you. My giving my life completely and totally and irrevocably unto you. That's what matters. That's where my energy's got to be. That's where my focus has got to be. That's where I've got to end up at. Oh, somebody lift your hand to him again. I feel the power of the anointing of the Lord in this house. <laughs> Come on, just one thing. Just one thing. Just one thing. Just got to get one thing. Hmm. Lion tamers in the early years of taming lions and tigers and wild beasts. They came to the conclusion that whips and rods was not the best way to 
came alive. So some of the early trainers discovered that if they would take a chair into the cage, and they'd point that chair at that big wild beast that was designed to shred its prey, that lion would rise to pounce that trainer would lift the chair and he would point the legs of that chair toward the lion they discovered that suddenly the lion became very docile would settle down they soon learned that that big wild beast is a very focused creature when he saw four legs pointed at him his focus became divided and he didn't know where to pounce he didn't know where to move the trainer could then begin to do his work because now that big cat has become nothing more than a kitty cat because his focus has become divided do you understand the trick of the devil comes in and he got that trainer that just focuses all this stuff on us. And we're trying to take all of it in. We're trying to take all of life in. We're trying to find out where to go and what to do. We're trying to do our best. But our focus is so divided. That instead of becoming the aggressive child of God that we need to become, our focus has become so divided. And in becoming divided, we no longer accomplish our purpose. So I've come on this Sunday morning to tell you that somewhere in life, you have to forget the distractions. Somewhere in life, you've got to decide what's important to you. What is it in the kingdom that I really want? David said it like this in the book of Psalms, chapter 27, verse number 2. He said, when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, he said, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me in this Will I be confident? Notice in those first two verses, there's so many distractions. But he said, in this I will be confident because verse 4, he says, one thing, have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. He said, I know there's a bunch of stuff going on out here and there's a bunch of things that would like to distract my attention and get my focus away. But he said, I got one thing on my mind and that is that if I can just get in the house of the Lord, if I can just love God, if I can just worship Him, if I can just praise Him, everything else will be all right. Would you stand with me today? And would you lift your hands to the Lord and your voice to God? Somebody get a hold of that one thing now. 
walked in here so distracted, life so distorted. You're after so much stuff, trying to get this and get that and achieve this and that over there. God's just simply calling us together now. You need to get one thing on your mind. That is, I've got to live for God. I've got to serve the Lord. I've got to turn my heart to God. That's really all that matters. That's really all that matters. I gotta become like Jesus. I said I gotta become like Jesus. I gotta get focused. I gotta get some steadfastness in my life. I'm opening this altar on this Sunday morning to whosoever will across this building right now. If there is a passion and a desire to cut through the clutter of life, to cut through all of the things that would divide and distort. If there is a desire in your heart to push through all of the things that would sidetrack and just to renew your focus on that one thing, I'm inviting you just to step from where you're at down the aisle toward this altar. Stand here and heal whatever you're comfortable with. But when somebody just pour your heart out before God and say, oh, i got to become like Jesus. i got to get some You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located at 3221 North Porter Avenue in Norman, Oklahoma. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.apostolicworship.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285. Or you can email us at info at apostolicworship.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.